Celebration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to lesson 7, which is titled Jesus and those in need. Let me share with you a quote from Ministry of Healing, page 422 and 423, which says, He who was the express image of the invisible God was alone able to reveal the character of the deity to mankind, tender, compassionate, and sympathetic, ever considerate of others. He represented the character of God and was constantly engaged in service for God and for men. And that, that was Christ, God himself. So Catalina, today we're talking about what Jesus did for those in need. We've been talking about service, we've been talking about the prophets, we've been talking about the kings. Last week we talked about peer pressure and the way we are to minister to those in need by allowing ourselves to be able to focus on Christ, because then we can have the right motives. But this week, we're going to be reflecting on Christ alone. First, who was Christ? In your mind, in your opinion, in your in your experience, who is Christ for you? You know, when we see like, um, oh, this is your life, you yeah. know, those shows where they summarize people's lives. When I see the summary of what Christ did, I mean, he came to sacrifice himself. I feel that, mm -hmm. His ultimate purpose was to just just to give, uh, give of his life, give of his time, give his energy, resources. So when I see of, of Christ, I feel that his ministry was very sacrificial mm. in all that he did. And when we have a look at the, the memory verse, Luke 4, yep. and it's verse 18 to 19, and this is uh, New King James. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to pro proclaim liberty to the captives, and to recover the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Mm. That is what God called him to do, was to do all those things. And I feel that the more that we understand what Jesus' calling was and the purpose of his ministry, the more that we'll understand that we have been called to that same responsibility. We have been given that same position. So yeah, I see I see Christ as someone who was always willing to sacrifice and who was always willing to serve. Mm. And when we look at it in the context of the church, I think he was also willing to stand up for what he saw was wrong within the church and within his people and yeah, within the Jewish system of religion. Yeah. So I think that, that is pretty much what I feel that God has called each one of his mm. followers to. That's rather interesting you mentioned that because as we go through the lesson, we discover that even Mary, before Christ was born, as she gets the news about who she is bearing, who she's going to give birth to, she mentions Jesus Christ as Lord, as the ruler, as God, as the one, the, the, the chosen one, the Messiah, Emmanuel. And you mentioned this idea of, you know, of, of power, of, of, of who he was and how he was a very compassionate leader. Who, did, who was not ashamed to hold back, who he didn't hold back when he, something was wrong, who was in pro-justice, pro-having things in the right way, making a balance with his justice, with his mercy, with his love, with his kindness, with all these things that we have spoken mm -hmm. about. But 
when I think of leaders, when I think of rulers, I don't know what perception you have. You know, last week I had a, I was going to say privilege, but I don't know. Maybe some people might call it privilege. I met this lady, you know, that, that um, I don't know, you saw that picture of, of me on Facebook uh, with the previous. Juliad Gilad, yeah, yes. Yeah, with the previous prime minister of Australia. And, and one of my friends commented, oh, she's so lucky to have met you. And I'm like, oh, well, that's very nice of you. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, she did. Because most people ever saying, "Oh, uh, you're so lucky." Oh, congratulations! And the reality you were is lucky that, to meet her. Yeah, and the reality is that I, I just came, I greeted her, and she gave me a hug. She's a very nice person. But we don't have the perception, you know. Mm. We're talking about this idea uh, in our local Sabbath school church class a couple of weeks back when we discussed, and I was commenting on this aspect on this on this picture, and. And the perception that we have of rulers, because the perception that we have of them when they're in power versus mm -hmm. what they are in real life is different. Yet Christ was the same wherever he mm -hmm. sat, right? When I think of politicians and people who rule the countries, uh, I, the, the last thing that I think of is them coming down in the mud to feed a hungry person unless they are in a political campaign. And maybe that's related to the pressures. Yes. Maybe that's related to the pressures they're having. Of, you know, once you made it to the position, you don't have the time to do that. Or maybe it's just a whole act to be able to get the votes and do that kind of stuff. And here we have Jesus Christ, who is doing all these things. But when I think about this aspect of campaigning, I think, well, he was in some way or another campaigning for revealing his character. But he had nothing to lose. The politicians do, but he had mm. nothing to lose at all. If anything, we had everything to lose if we didn't see who he really was. He was God incarnated. He was God himself coming to show who he really is. And that excites me. This is the God I worship. This is the Jesus Christ that I know. Yeah. Somebody who does that regardless. And so what was his method? We all, we in Adventism, we like to talk about this Christ method alone. And perhaps some of our friends who are not Adventists, who are Christians, might be thinking, what is that? Let us think about it for a little bit. And maybe we can learn something. Mm -hmm. When you think about, let, let's bring back our, let's microchip, let's switch on our Adventist microchip inside. When you think of Christ's method alone, Catalina, what comes to your mind? Okay, so obviously we have the quote. Um, okay. And I'll just pull out the points because I don't know how, how I recite it word for word. Mm -hmm. But he mingled with the people. Yes. He won their confidence. Yes. He saw their needs. Yes. And then he asked them to follow. Okay. Um, so when we have a look at those four aspects, we can break that down and we can see it through the Bible, like through the Gospels. We just see that that was the way that Christ lived his life. And as a result, that is the way that Christ won people to him based on those four points. Mm -hmm. Now, here is the thing. Jesus Christ had many purposes. He came to do all these things that you mentioned, you know. He, he ministered to those in need. But there is something that John 17, 3 says, and I would like to read that verse because it brings back the idea of what Christ came to do here. And I would like to open a bit of a controversial aspect that we sometimes see in Christianity, maybe in Adventism, but I think it's a Christian aspect overall. John 17, 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So his intention for doing this stuff was for people to see who he was. Mm. I have sat in board meetings personal ministry meetings in different churches 
where we are planning some community outreach, some something. It could be a VBS, it could be a health ministry, something. And there is always somebody. And I have been there with the perception is that we are doing this because we just want to bait them to come into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Have you been in something like that? Are you saying that we don't do that? <laughs> it's hook and bait him, right? We we tend to do that. That's why we haven't had that's why we haven't had the conversions that we've had. We we've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> so I'm hearing that you had that, right? What do you think about that idea? Is it wrong? Is it fully wrong? I mean, I'm hearing here that Jesus says, I came to do this, but I'm doing all this because I want you to see who I am. And at the end of the day, I'm going to call you to follow me. I'm not going to do any of this just because. I mean, he does it because that's who he is. He cannot see people suffering. But when you think about it, he came and he didn't heal yeah. everybody. He healed some as a demonstration of who he was. Sometimes he was tired. He was stealing his human body. Mm -hmm. So he had to retire. And then people were, you know, the gospel says they were cues of people sick, but he had to go. So in his compassion, his mercy and his love, his ultimate goal was to call them to follow him. What is wrong then with us hooking and baiting in the church? Okay, so I believe, and this is just from my personal experience and through pretty much the work that we've been doing through Acts, mm -hmm. I believe that early on when you become involved in community service or community work and your idea of the reason why you are doing community work is to get baptisms. I feel that you are going to be very disappointed very early on. I believe that then the purpose of, of why Acts exists, my desire was for people to see Seventh-day Adventists as caring Christians who are aware of the needs of their community and who have a desire to help out their community, mm -hmm. to be involved to help to contribute to our community. So I think that that is really important for us to understand as we go into that. Mm -hmm. Now, am I hooking and baiting people to be Seventh-day Adventist? No. Am I gauging the success of a ministry or the success of an outreach program by how many people were baptized? Never. Now, if your church is going to do that, then I feel that maybe that isn't the most uh, way of trying to gauge your success gauge whether you are doing a good job at what you're doing or not. Mm -hmm. The reasons why I feel that community service is so important amongst the Seventh-day Adventist Church is because of the fact that what we've looked at in this quarter so far, we have to be balanced. Mm -hmm. We can't just mm -hmm. be people of the Bible and not be people of the people. Mm -hmm. um, we can know all the Bible. We can share all the Bible. We can tell everyone how wrong they are and how right we are and how the Bible says this and the Bible doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if people can't see the sincere human aspect of Jesus's ministry, mm. then we are limiting the influence that we can have for the kingdom and for God um, as as our as our Lord. And so I believe that when we have the issues that arise with baiting and hooking people, mm -hmm. oh, let's run an evangelistic um, seminar, or maybe it's more subtle, let's run a health seminar, and then we'll invite them to our evangelistic seminar. Um, I don't feel that that is always necessarily the best approach, but also I don't feel that that is wrong either. Um, I don't, I think when, when I have worked in churches as well, where people have expressed that same concern, oh, but you know, you can't use the details of people that come to health meetings to invite them to a spiritual meeting because that's not what they signed up for. 
I, I agree with that. I, I don't have any concerns with that. However, I do feel that if we are using people's contact details to promote and we have notified them, hey, we're just going to, you know, if you would like to sign on to this registry, we will keep you informed with any other activities that our church is running. Um, in Jinjin, everyone knows our health programs are run and sponsored by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm. We put that on all our advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put that on our Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. We um, share posts from the church and our health ministry. So everyone's very aware that we're Seventh-day Adventist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, that's probably why we have avoided having that issue we we're very open that we are seventh day adventists mm-hmm. we are running this we are sponsoring this mm-hmm. program so i don't feel people come to this program thinking it's run by people that aren't christians mm-hmm. um but but i must say that we have done a lot of groundwork to be able to to come to that point do that yeah um okay yeah, people know a lot of us. They already know we're Seventh-day Adventists. They've seen us at community events. They've seen us as functions, as just the individuals that we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of networking. Uh, we we all invite people over to our house. So there's people that already know us as Seventh-day Adventists so that when we run our health programs, they know, oh, Daniel's, you know, doing the presentation mm-hmm. um, and Catalina's the one that's organized. Like mm-hmm. they already have a connection of us outside of the church dynamics and outside of that Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, facade, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to run community programs that are not religious, mm-hmm. but we want to at the same time acknowledge that at some point, you know, as we keep these people in prayer and as we interact with them and as we build friendships, mm-hmm. at some point it's okay to have spiritual conversations mm. god will allow that we we actually won't have to do much anyway mm. we won't have to do that the holy spirit will just work in that um so i think that's where the difference is it's yeah. in the motives and the intentions but i don't feel that we can't call people to follow there's no point in giving people you know so many aspects of community and belonging and you know usually we do health messages and health presentations. There's no point in providing all of that for people and then not letting them know of, of the love that God has for them mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. in our interaction. And that is that is what I want to hook and bait to. I want to hook <laughs> them and bait them to my God, right. not necessarily to my denomination. Right. That, Who can bait them to Christ? I think you mentioned a key term that stuck to my, in my mind when you started commenting on this, that we need to ensure that we show our communities that we are caring Christians. Because it is true, and, and you mm-hmm. mentioned that idea of balance. It is true that we have in Adventism this very special message about the three angels' message. The prophetic understanding we have is very unique, but it means very little if we cannot present Christ in what we do. And Christ mm-hmm. was caring. Mm-hmm. And that's why his method was so effective because he was caring. He had a, the motives. You mentioned the the word motive just recently. The his motive were for the benefit of the people. It wasn't about hey, we're gonna have mm-hmm. baptisms in church. We're gonna add to the church. We're gonna have a tick. Uh, hey, you know, people are gonna see that I gave the Bible study. I brought this person to Christ in their baptism because of what I did. It's about hey, they're getting mm-hmm. eternal life. They get into know Christ. They get into know something they don't know. They get into improve their health. They get into improve their lifestyle. They get in fed. They get in clothed. They get in alleviated mm-hmm. from their afflictions, and that's what Christ did. And I, I like this this part on Tuesday where the lesson says at the at the end it says Jesus healing miracles were acts of compassion and justice, but in all cases 
they were not an end in and of themselves. All that Christ did was for the purpose of leading people to eternal life. I think that summarizes that aspect. One last point that I would like us to talk because this is important. Christ came, he is the example to follow, he did what he did, and people follow him. A lot of people didn't, in fact. A lot of people persecuted him because of what he did. And mm. I would mm. like to ask you, in your experience serving Christ, ministering to those in need, have you ever experienced some sense of persecution or oppression or gossip or something as a result of doing what you do? Yes, I have. Okay. Is it shareable? <laughs> and it was from God's people. <laughs> Is it shareable or not? Um... So I can't think of a specific example to give mm -hmm. you. It is a little hard only because you realize that maybe the desire of the church isn't at the same place where you are at, which is fine. I mean, the whole church doesn't have to revolve around the ideas that God gives me and, and the things that I feel impressed that we should do. If, if it clearly is something that is not sinful, then yeah, be a silent supporter, be a prayer warrior for mm. them. Um, and support in other ways if you don't want to get involved in that particular kind yeah, of ministry. Absolutely. And I would like to point our listeners also to the fact that, you know, if Jesus went through this and he is God, and if you're working for God, yeah. if you're working for Christ, for the salvation of souls, for delivering the affliction of the needs of those in need, you will go through something. It's just a guarantee. I think it's just a given. Last mm -hmm. week, we, we promoted the challenge of reading Isaiah 53, and I hope that um, all of you did it who listen. And in Isaiah 53, we see that he was broken because of us. You could say his passion for ministry was such that nothing and nobody, even his own suffering, stopped him. So if you are going through some ministry, if you're going through some community service, if you're going through some avenues, if you maybe are in the thinking and the planning stages and you have so many obstacles and people are saying, no, this is not going to work out or no, I cannot help you or whatever, you know, think about that. Think about what Christ did. Think that he is with you. And, and Hebrews 4.15, you know, in the lesson, it says that we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus Christ, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But he was tempted in every single way like we are. Jesus Christ was tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane to give up. And he said, you know, Father, is there another way? Maybe can, can we just do it differently? I'm not liking this separation between you and I. But yet he pressed on and he went through. And, you know, I encourage you all who listen. To, to press on, don't give up, regardless of what everybody else says. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult many a times. But one of the things that we discussed last week as well, and Catalina mentioned, is some of the, one of the things that might make it a little bit easier, at least with the idea of motive and becoming uh, alike to what we behold, is getting to surround yourself with people who are like-minded. Getting to surround yourself with friends, with family, with members, with community individuals, and Christ gives opportunities where we are willing with the right motive to truly minister to the communities. We care in Christianity. That is the bottom line of uh, our Christianity. People do not want to know at the basic level what the dragon does for them unless you show them what Christ does for them. And so let us remember that. Do you have any final remarks, Catalina, about these ideas? I just want to add, I have experienced 
just through getting out there in my community. Like I said, I used to always hang around the same type of people and we always used to do the same type of stuff, which was just pretty much criticize the church. Um, and I got to the point where I realized that that wasn't fulfilling. I got to the point where it was miserable to sum up my spiritual walk mm. as what the church is doing wrong. Right. I felt that there had to be more to the gospel. There had to be more to redemption. Mm. There had to be more to God calling me to be a believer and to be a disciple than just picking and criticizing at the mm -hmm. church. So when I got to that point, I realized, you know, let me interact with people that aren't Adventist. I was very intentional about meeting new people every week, engaging in conversations and dialogues and being involved in events that weren't Adventist for that reason. Cause I'm like, I need to meet other people. And when you have that burden for the church to grow, when you have the burden for sharing your faith, mm -hmm. You can't do it within the church mm -hmm. because the church isn't going to grow if all you do is sit at church. You're not going to be able to share your faith because all you're doing is sharing your faith with people that already have faith. Mm. So as I began to do a lot more community stuff and began to engage with people that aren't Adventists, with people that are atheists, with people that are agnostic, with people that have been hurt by Christians, you realize that there's such a bad perception, not on Adventism. I, I actually have very little negative feedback about Adventism, but I have a ton of negative feedback about my God. And it was then that I realized, you know, I want people to see my God and to associate me by his grace and through his spirit. I want people to associate my God with a positive experience in their mm. life. And if that can come through community work, if that can come from helping them, if that can come from inviting them to my house, that's what I wanted to do. And the biggest thing when I also, we did some Bible working, um, when I did Bible working, the biggest reason why people don't want to go to church, and this is all denominations, mm -hmm. is because they said it was full of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus said mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're saying something that isn't mm -hmm. true. And when I realized, when I when I asked them, why were they hypocritical? Oh, because they were fake. They said one thing, but they did the mm -hmm. other. They would always talk about how, you know, we're supposed to love people, but they were so judgmental. Mm -hmm. And when we have a look at that, that is that is the image that we are fighting against. It's a very negative image of God. And for us to really reflect and to change people's perceptions of that, as disciples, we have to go out and minister as Jesus ministered. He mingled with the people. They knew of Him and they knew about Him before they'd even met Him. I think that is really what we have to try and work mm. to do is, is to be a positive example so that we can mm trump all this negativity that is around our God. Mm. Why? Because they see us helping people. They see us being involved. They see us being loving. They see us being welcoming. Mm. They don't see us being judgmental or separationist. You know, mm. you guys are sinners. We don't do that. We don't mm. go there. Um, as a result, sorry, I, I can't interact with mm -hmm. you. So, um, yeah, that would be my final. Great. Note. So let us pray. Let us hope that everybody who listens, us included here, might be able to reflect Christ so that they might see Christ in us, the hope of glory. So, Catalina, do you have somebody to motivate us? Somebody around the world that is doing that, that is showing Christ in them. Uh, who, what, where, why? This week is coming from the Mountain View Conference, and they ran um, an outreach ministry, which I have seen done in Australia as well, by the Tweed Valley Church. Either Tweed Valley Church or the churches around Tweed Valley area. And it's called God's Closet. Mm -hmm. Oh. And basically what they do is they just ask for donations of clothing. Yeah. And basically what they do is they collect for a certain amount of 
a, a certain period they collect clothing and they then usually from what I have seen it's children's clothing so it's not adult and children but obviously I don't think there's any restrictions as to whether you can do adult or children mm -hmm. but I have seen it been primarily for children and the community is then invited and uh, once they have all the collections mm -hmm. of donations mm -hmm. the community then is invited to attend like a garage stall kind of thing um, but it's done really big it's, it, they fill up a room mm -hmm. and they can have the, the goods for free oh wow uh, so sometimes they, it's purely free and they are given like a bag they do restrict it to like a bag per person, mm -hmm. um, but it is free. And I have seen it somewhere where they have asked for a gold coin donation mm -hmm. upon entry. Mm -hmm. um, so like an entry fee. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. That's a really practical way. I know we all have stuff that we end up giving to other organizations mm -hmm. um, that if we were able to use it within the church, it'd be really beneficial because mm -hmm. um, then it's just another opportunity there. Yeah, to be helping and assisting. Uh, you know, you're 100% right. I think that that's something that is very practical. I think any church could do yeah. that. Really. Well, challenge, Catalina. Is there any challenge this week? Okay, I have, I have, a, I have a big challenge for everyone this okay. week. <laughs> so be prepared. Get a note, notepad and, and a pen and take a seat. So the challenge for this week, there is no challenge. Um, you guys can have this week off. Okay. I think and that's we'll, fair. We'll double up the challenge for we'll next week. We'll double it up. Meanwhile, keep on reflecting in Christ and bring his yes. hope to your yes. communities. Excellent. Well, thank you, Catalina, once again. And thank you, everybody, to, uh, who is listening from wherever you're listening. Let us know. Drop us a line on Facebook, on Instagram. Go to the Acts page, the Adventist Committed to Serve on Facebook. And go and check out Catalina's podcast, the Connected Adventist Podcast. And let us know what you think about anything of the things that we share with you. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what God has done in your life. We love to hear what you think about the things that God has done in our lives as we reflect on these ideas. And until then, I am Dr. Dancy, and I look forward to keep on loving God practically. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast. Like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.